Hi, we are Caroline and Levi Holt, and we're part of the family here at Holt Farms. When I think of the people that I know that I watched wear Liberty overalls growing up, hard work, determination, perseverance, just a real appreciation for their craft and what they did and, and for things that, that lasted and for things that, that meant something to them. That's what I saw walking around in Liberty overalls. Shop LibertyBibs.com for your pair today. Hi, I'm Caitlin Dubin, and this is the Rural Woman Podcast. I'm a first-generation farmer who married into agriculture. Born and raised in a city, I was so unfamiliar with where my food came from, but I was determined to figure it out. Through my journey into agriculture, I saw women who were strong but humble, often taking a back seat. To me, these women were leaders who deserved a seat at the table. I created the Rural Woman Podcast to share the voices of women in an industry whose stories often went untold. The rural entrepreneurs who live and breathe their work, full of grit and pride. We come here to share our stories, to be in community with each other, to be challenged and inspired, but most importantly, to be celebrated and to be heard. We may not all live, farm, ranch or homestead the same, but we are all connected. We are rural women and our stories are worthy of being told. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. This week, you will get to hear from the hostess with the mostess, Annabelle Morgan, as she interviews me for the show. We asked you, the listeners, to submit the questions that you wanted to know from me, and you all showed up. So thank you so much for submitting these questions. You help make this job a lot easier for Annabelle, um, and we all know that Annabelle needs a lot of help when it comes to podcasting. <laughs> I'm so grateful for Annabelle being a good spirit and coming back on the show to do this what I hope to be an annual episode to welcome me back after our harvest break, which is definitely needed. Uh, so thank you all so much for tuning in to the Positively Farming Media shows, as well as a couple of the replays here. But we are kicking off our new recording season with all brand new episodes of the podcast moving forward. So I'm so excited to be back behind the microphone and getting to talk to so many incredible women in agriculture. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode hosted by my friend and podcast extraordinaire, Annabelle Morgan. Hey, Annabelle, you're up. Hello, and welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast. Your host, Annabelle, annual podcast. We're asking Caitlin anything you'd like. Today, we've got some good questions. Okay, you've gotten, you've gotten way better at that. Were you practicing? Yeah, I did. I practiced in the shower and in front of my mirror and in front of my dog. I'm sure Lefty really appreciated that. <laughs> 
listening to my podcast, Caitlin, which I'll be editing and sound checking and doing all those things all by myself. Wow. Max, do you hear that? You can have the day off. <laughs> <laughs> so you're I'm, I'm impressed. Questions and you and I both have a thing in our Instagram for people to ask questions and you've got some good ones this year. There's yeah. one I don't know, but we'll get there. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Maria wants to know, is there any new plant that you want to try to grow in your garden this year? Next year, sorry. Oh boy. Um, I think I want to grow more pumpkins. And when I say more, I mean a pumpkin because <laughs> I did not successfully grow one pumpkin this year. But I have uh, better plans for next year in growing, growing pumpkins and like only purely for like vanity purposes. I have no use for them besides they look really cute on my step right now and they feed the goats afterwards. So there you go. I, I'm not like a pumpkin spice fan or anything like that. And I don't like pie. I know you're shaking your head at me right now because I can see you. But that, that's, that's what my, my plan is for my, my, new, my new variety of something. Other than that, I think I'm just going to stick to what I know and what I like to eat. Fine. I will tell you the best way to grow a pumpkin is to have put your um, old, well, your goats eat them, but you could put your old pumpkins on your compost pile. And then the next year, you have a whole pumpkin patch you didn't even plan on having. That's what I have heard and that is what I've seen. And so I plan on sprinkling a few of the seeds in there just to see what happens. But it's funny, like in the goats winter pasture where they spent the winter last year where they ate all of their pumpkins, there's pumpkins growing in there right now. I didn't water them. I didn't do anything. So there's like the leaves and everything. So nothing actually happened. So maybe even next year, like I can do a better job over there and maybe like put some water on that and uh, maybe get a pumpkin from them. Recycling. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't like this question from Julia and everybody should know that they're not allowed to name any farm animals Annabelle, but she would like to know why aren't any of your cats named Annabelle? Because I just think that is an absolutely ridiculous name. Um, <laughs> no, it's due to the love and respect I have for you that I would never... Honestly, I would be honored if somebody wanted to name a cute animal after me. There's actually uh, my friend Beth has a cat and his name is Dubin. So that's like really cute. And I get updates once in a while. So it's a good yeah. name. I could name a steer Dubin. Like a cute one though. Like don't name like a mean, gross looking one or anything like that. I wouldn't do that. Um, no. This person, um, I don't know their first name, but. What is the biggest change you've had in the last year in regards to your podcast? Oh, boy. Um, I would say it's just, it just keeps growing, which is not a bad thing at all. Um, so the biggest change I would think is I've had more and more folks reach out that have wanted to be on the show, which is absolutely amazing because you really make my job a lot easier when you step forward and say, I would like to share my story, uh, which is great. But that also means there are more back end things to do, like 
finding more time to hit record and finding more ways to share stories and find unique stories to share. So that's been the biggest thing. Probably noticed over the last year that there's been more and more folks and companies that have signed on for sponsorship, which I have to tell you has been the absolute biggest reward for me. It's it's actually finally paying off for me now. My love project, my project of love here on the Rural Woman podcast has turned into what's now a business. And it's funny, I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday and they were interviewing an artist and they went through this transition where they have made their art a business and it can feel really yucky to do that. But at the same time, you're able to fund your life through doing something that you love to do. So that's really rewarding for me. Now that means as as listeners, you get to hear ads from different companies and different uh, folks who want to support the stories of rural women in agriculture, which I'm so thankful that there are folks and companies who want to do that. Because for me, they are spending their dollars on a rural woman to support other rural women. So I'm so thankful for those companies who are choosing to put their dollars there versus going to, I don't know, let's say the men's podcasts that talk about the men things in agriculture, right? So I think that's been a really big change for me. And also being able to add to my team that way has been the biggest help. And honestly, the only reason that I'm still able to do a podcast is because I have support on the back end. Max, my editor, and Kim and Michelle and everyone on the Kim and Co team, they're the reason that you get a podcast each and every week. I'm the voice behind the podcast, but they are really the labor and love behind the show. And I'm so thankful for them each and every week that I I get to continue to share these stories and that they do all of the hard work to get them out. So this is a big shout out to them too of biggest changes is expanding my team and being able to all work together to get this done and get the stories out there. And yeah, those are, those are the three biggest things I think. Yeah. I also noticed like as a listener, I feel like it's, uh, it's gotten more and more diverse in the sense that we're learning about all sorts of different things, which is really cool as a listener. Not that you asked my opinion, but. <laughs> well, you can, you're the host here. You get to, you get to give your opinion on everything because you're the boss here today. So. Well, and I, I think that's, it's good. I remember when you got uh, your sort of first bigger sponsorship and it was so exciting and I think that's really cool that you've come a long way and it's expensive and hard to, you know, do it for years before there's a payout and it's a lot of people don't stick with it. So, yes. So I'm happy I have stuck with it and uh, plan on to continue to stick with it. And I'm thankful for the folks who have helped me along the way and, you know, people like yourself and the other folks who support me through Patreon, like, you know, it might be $2 a month to you, but that $2 a month goes towards all of the apps, all of the equipment, all of these things, right? That, you know, you don't really think of when you hear my voice in your ear each and every week. So I couldn't, you know, do it without the support of my listeners too. And, you know, the folks who are listening, who are, you know, part of an organization or a company that wants to support rural women 
give me an email. Give me a shout. <laughs> I would love your support. <laughs> The highly anticipated Trailblazer Co. 2022 Holiday Gift Guide is back. Imagine one place for all of your gift giving, all while supporting a rural woman. The Trailblazer Co. Holiday Gift Guide features the products and offerings of rural women from across North America. Available in print, digital, and online, visit the link in today's show notes or visit trailblazerco.com slash gift dash guide and get shopping. Okay, this is a, oh man. Okay, Beth wants to know, what is one piece of advice you have for women from a non-ag background marrying into a farm family? Mm. I could use humor and say, run, but I won't. Um, I think that it's such a great opportunity for people marrying into agriculture, uh, whether they're male or female, or if they are coming in through a partnership through marriage or common law or whatever it is, such a great opportunity for you to learn something new. And especially coming from a non-egg background, I always say you don't know what you don't know. So coming in and being curious I think would be my biggest piece of advice is to ask the questions out of curiosity and out of learning. I think once you've been here and once you see how things are done, you can ask, like, why are things done this way? I think one of the most beautiful things for any farming operation is to have a outside source be able to come in and see what you're doing and ask those questions to be curious because that might spark ideas for that operation to do things differently or question why do we actually do things this way. I know it can be really challenging and really frustrating as somebody coming in and having all of these questions and they might not have the answers or there might not be a solution to whatever it is that you're asking or questioning about. It can be really frustrating and really, I get, I want to say time consuming more or less because things just take a lot of time. Change takes time. So if you're coming in and you're coming in guns blazing, thinking I'm going to change all of these things and we're going to do it my way because I think my way is better, whether you came from an egg background or not. Take a deep breath because uh, change takes time and it takes commitment from all parties involved. But yeah, my biggest piece of advice was come come in and be curious and you can try things. You can try things if you're scared and if it doesn't work out, then you don't have to do it anymore. Or you can find something else that does work for you in your life and kind of go from there and kind of mold things that work for you. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Finding your value too is tough. It is very tough. Yeah, especially if you're coming into an operation that has different moving parts and different members of family who have always had the same job where they have same roles and responsibilities. And then you have somebody coming in saying, hey, I want to do that. And it's like people can be territorial over people and jobs and responsibilities and all of those things. So it's an interesting dance for people coming into agriculture. Mm-hmm. Beth also wants to know, wait a minute, do you do karaoke? 
not sober. <laughs> I'm just like, it's like we're not gonna. You're gonna be in Montana next week. Do I have to do karaoke? Because it's not happening. But well, she would good. like what your go-to karaoke song is. Oh gosh, uh, I don't know. Like probably anything Shania Twain. I, I would probably sing that. Honestly, I don't know if I've actually ever. I've never done karaoke solo. I've went out for like a girls' night, and like if everybody's like. Singing. I'm really good at karaoke at a table, though. Like, I'll sing along. I have no shame in that. But the spotlight karaoke, I, I don't know. Oh, man. Okay. She would also like to know, what is your five-year vision for Wild Rose Farmer and or the R- Rural Woman podcast? She would love to hear more about where you want to take your platform. Wow. Beth. Giving me all the hard questions. Beth is the one who named her cat Dubin. So there you go. Full circle here in this interview. <sighs> um, five years seems like a really long time, but in all actuality, it's not. Like when I think about, I've been, it'll be six years this year that I've been married. And I was like, that went by really fast. We've been together 10 years this year, which I'm like, I look beautiful for <laughs> to, putting up with this for 10 years. <laughs> I think... First and foremost, when I think of my my platform or the podcast or anything, it comes back down to sharing stories. And that's one thing that I never want to change is I want to continue to share these stories and not only share them, but celebrate them. When we talk about finding our value and when we talk about finding our purpose, you know, when I speak to women who have done just that, or are stumbling their way through to finding that, those stories to me are so beautiful. And I I hear it in their voice, the passion that they have for this industry and their families and what they're doing. I don't think I ever want to stop that. So for me, my main focus is to continue to produce and host these beautiful conversations that I get to have with people. But something that I want more of is is your feedback and your listener feedback to tell me if I'm going in the right direction. Because, you know, it's funny, I I sit here in my office and I have these conversations with people and I talk to my team um, and I put them out there. And luckily, people keep coming back, the listenership keeps growing and, you know, the numbers are there, but I want to hear from listeners. So we've developed a listener survey, which we've had for a little bit um, and we're always kind of tweaking it. So the link for that is in the show notes. So I would love people to leave their feedback and honest feedback, good, bad, or otherwise, um, because I want to hear from you and I want this podcast to serve, to serve you as a listener, it serves me. It fills my cup up because I get to host these conversations and talk to these folks, but I want it to be a value to you because if it's just a value to me, then I might as well not hit record and just reach out and ask people to be my friends. Be like, hey, will you talk to me on the phone? But yeah, so there's that. One thing that I have been doing, I guess, outside of my office and off of the farm is I've been able to do a lot more public speaking when it comes to 
sharing my platform and sharing the good word of the Rural Woman podcast and all of those things. And I can't tell you how incredible that is for me to be able to actually go out and meet you in person and to give you a hug, even though Annabelle wouldn't allow that. Uh, <laughs> Annabelle's non-hugger uh, for anybody. Oh, and at a good, not at a good height hugging position because I'm right at your boobs. So very true. It's very true. But uh, I do a side hug. Yeah, a side hug. Exactly. I think uh, so. Being able to go out and public speak has been really rewarding for me, and. My my dance card this winter is very full. I have an event from this weekend all the way to the end of March for this year. So I get to go out and meet a lot of folks in agriculture, which is really, really cool. So I would like to continue to do some some public speaking. So if people are hosting events and they want me to come and bring my microphone and all of the things... I would love that. I got to do many interviews uh, with the Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference this year, and that was really fun. Um, so I would love to continue to do those and kind of offer that as as something moving forward. But I also have, I've always had the idea in the back of my mind that I would love to host my own thing. And I know there's so many conferences to go to that are really well organized and all of the things, but I feel like with the background that I have in some event planning and the amount of conferences that I've been to personally, I think that there's room for growth and I think there's room for all of us to do something. So I have no definite plans uh, to host anything in person as of yet, but stay tuned. We'll, uh, figure something out. Let's hope that it's in Mexico with margaritas because I'll go. I have to say that is the one thing that is lacking in absolutely every conference that I have been invited to. Nobody has done it in Hawaii or Mexico or Barbados or wherever. So it's it's not going to work for me to do it. I have to go to Winnipeg in the winter. (laughs) I love you, Winnipeg, but you're cold. Your soil has a unique story. At Decisive Farming by TELUS Agriculture, we want to explore that story together. Let's optimize your fertilizer costs and replenish your soil by tailoring nutrient plans to your field's needs. If soil is not replenished with nutrients, crop yield potential will deteriorate over time. Are you ready to see the bigger picture? Visit DecisiveFarming.com. All right, Siri wants to know what is your favorite 80s hair band song? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. I don't either. That's hard. <sighs> We're more of 90s kids. Well, we are, but my, like, growing up, like, listening, I listened to, like, the soft rock hits, like, Rod Stewart and Elton John. Like, those are my, those are my jams still, like, Rocket Man. Like, I'll, Rocket Man might be my, uh, karaoke song that could get me singing that's the song that i wait in the car like if it's playing when you pull up and you have to sit in the garage that's the song rocket man if there's when i see her in the next couple weeks and there's karaoke and she's singing rocket man don't you worry i will film the whole thing so i i guess I want to shout out the conference that we're going to that I'm speaking at because this will come out before the conference happens. 
We're going to Fort Benton, Montana for the Stronger Together Conference. It's the first annual. Uh, Stacey Bronick, who has been on this podcast before, the number is escaping me, but I will put it in the show notes. Into it. I, I'll it's yes. probably not on still. Yeah. Why am I doing your work? You have to put it in the show notes. But anyways, she, she put together uh, a conference with um, a group of other women and it's looking like it's going to be a really, really rewarding conference to go to um, as a rural woman. So I'm looking forward to speaking at it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you in the flesh and uh, I'm really looking forward to going to Target. So haven't been since 2019. Yeah. Thank thank you for inviting me to a place that has a Target. Thank you. (laughs) Oh boy. All right. (laughs) All right. So this is from Greener Good Farmstead. Do you have any farm regrets? What would you do differently looking back? I got to see, I've been thinking about this question since I saw it uh, submitted. And I was like, oh boy, how much time do we have here? I think a regret that I have um, ties back into an answer that I gave earlier about um, what is my advice for folks coming onto a farm. Um, And it's the curiosity thing. I don't think I'm actually like inherently a curious person. I kind of take things for what they are. I don't throw a lot of questions back, or at least I didn't used to. And I think for me, going back to however many therapy sessions ago, I just think that I thought if you ask questions, it means that you didn't know something and then that you would sound silly or you would sound dumb for not knowing those things versus actually asking a question out of curiosity to learn more. So even in my interviewing over the last three and a half years, I had to learn to get more curious. I would ask a question and then instead of going to the next question that I thought of, like, no, like you actually have to listen and be curious about what people are saying. I think that's where good podcasting comes from is to be a good podcaster, you have to be a good listener. And I think I'm a better listener now than I was three and a half years ago, 10 years ago, however much. So I think my biggest regret would be coming in and not being curious to learn more about what was happening and why we were doing things. I've gotten a bit better of that now. And I guess my regret too of not being more curious to try new things here on the farm and being scared to try new things. This year, I I got to drive the combine for the first time and that was terrifying, but also really freaking cool and really rewarding to feel like I, I feel like I've come full circle now. Like, trust me, I'm not a combine expert. I don't know why the settings are the way that they are. I just do them because that's what I've been told to do. I understand the concepts. I understand the severity of, you know, not paying attention to what you're doing and what happens if a rock goes through and all of the things. But like it just, I'm really proud of myself for saying yes uh, to doing those things. So um, my biggest regret is, is the curiosity thing. And I guess not saying yes sooner. But I also want to say, this is the longest answer of how many regrets you have. Like I said, we'll be here all day. Something that 
um, I've had a guest speak to before was about knowing that you don't have to do everything on the farm and you don't have to be good at everything and everything doesn't have to be your job in order to make you a farmer. So your jobs or the tasks that you have on the farm add value to the farm no matter what they are. So you don't have to be able to completely take apart a combine and put it back together and uh, be able to operate it and do those things with your eyes closed on one foot and call yourself a farmer. So knowing that what you're doing is is helping and is bringing value, um, knowing that a lot sooner probably would have made things a lot easier on myself uh, over the last six years. Those are, that's good. What What do you say? What do you think for for you? I'm allowed to ask questions. <laughs> oh, really? This is my show now. I don't know what you think you're doing, but same. You know, I. it's a little different because we don't farm like you do, so we ranch. But I would say the notion that I had to be this, like, Calamity Jane-style cowgirl from the start, which isn't me at all. And I have really like come into feeling really secure with the fact that that's not me and I'm not going to be a cowgirl. And I think I thought that's what my husband wanted um, in the beginning. And it's not, he just wanted me to be me and do it my way. And now that I've been able to do it my way, um, I really like come into my own place and working with cattle and all those things. I do it my way and it's much smoother when I learned that I don't have to do it the way that I perceived it needed to be done. If that makes sense, you know, Mm -hmm. movies, the internet, all of it, you think that's what it's supposed to look like, but it doesn't necessarily have to look that way. And I think speaking similar to you, you know, like just learning new things and trying it your way and being comfortable. And so you mean, it's not like Yellowstone there. Are you sure? It is not like Yellowstone. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, that show. Okay. (laughs) Fialata, from everyone that you've interviewed, who do you wish you could swap places with for a day and why? Um, We're swapping places so I can have Kevin. Yeah, I can't believe we've actually gone this long uh, without you talking about Kevin. I'm actually, I think we had bets going of how long it would take for Annabelle to just make this interview all about Kevin. I have never been so jealous in all of my life. I mean, I've had (laughs) real jealous moments. Listen, my husband was married before. Like, I understand jealousy, but nothing, absolutely nothing compares to Kevin. So for the listeners who don't know, we'll get back to the original question here in just a minute. But um, I got a new puppy uh, this harvest season. I said goodbye to my old sweet girl, Charlie, um, in August. And... uh, those long days on the in the combine led me to finding uh, Bernese Mountain dog puppies on the internet and convincing myself that I didn't need one to the point where I was like, well, maybe I'll just go look. And uh, lo and behold, I brought Sweet Kevin home in September, and he is a Bernese Mountain dog, and he is the biggest potato you have ever seen. So he's real sweet. And uh, it really makes me happy to know that Annabelle Morgan is jealous of me. So, 
By the way, the way that she was trying to convince herself not to get a puppy was to scroll on TikTok, Bernie's Mountain Dog TikToks. And then she would send them to me and be like, I don't think I should get one. It's like, you are definitely getting one. I blame the algorithms of the world uh, for me getting a dog in the first place because like your phone obviously knows everything about you and is like implanted in your brain. So yeah, I knew that this was the farm dog that I needed. So yes, I'm very happy with him. He's very sweet and he is adjusting to farm life very well. I was extremely terrified to have an outside dog. I've never had an outside dog before. I thought like he's going to run away to Saskatchewan and I'll never see him again. But lo and behold, I can't get him to run for anything. So he is, he's staying put. So <laughs> they don't, yeah, they want to be at home. So yes. who's your, who's your swap? Who's your interview swap? I mean, I have so many of your people that I want to go on their farm and live for not just a day. So that right? would be a hard. Yeah. I don't know. It's, that's such a really, like, it's a really like thought provoking question. And it made me think of all of the incredible people that I've talked to and the stories that they shared and what they get to do. And obviously my brain goes to like all of the people who have really fun, like agro-tourism farms that they get to like go and like have people come and like see their animals and pick fruits and vegetables and all of that kind of stuff. I would love to, honestly, I think the closest farm that I've interviewed that I would want to swap with um, is Kristen Primrose. She's from Primrose Lane Farm. They have a flower farm and they have Highland cattle and they're located only about, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half from where we are, um, close to Waterton Lake National Park. And their farm is just absolutely breathtaking. So I would say that's like the closest farm but I really like cows. So maybe your farm, Annabelle, I would swap. And uh, Except you can't swap. You just have to come hang out with my cows. But remember the donkey rescue? Can we go there? Yeah, yeah we can go to the donkey rescue. I want to go see Mickey and go see all of her Navajo sheep because they're really cool. Gosh, I don't know. There's lots. And... Uh, you this is an impossible question it's true and i have to tell you i am really committed this year um in my recording that i i want to go outside of north america for my interviews i want to talk to people from other places so if you're listening to this and you're from zimbabwe because i know you're listening to this in zimbabwe reach out because I want to talk to you <laughs> or Australia or the UK or wherever. I want to talk to people outside of North America because I'm just, I'm so curious and fascinated about the different landscapes and how folks do things differently elsewhere and also how things can be really similar and bring us together. So, yeah. And and also, like, if anybody, oh, well, there was, I interviewed um, a beekeeper in Hawaii, so I guess I, I could go there, too. So, if anybody wants to invite me to their farm as well, uh, that's a thing, and I will, I will travel for friendship, so. <laughs> I was in the UK this year, and I 
driving around all the farms. I was like, we need to do like a tour and you need to do some podcasts here because there's some cool stuff going on. Imagine around like standing stones, like around, you know, like Neolithic caves that, I don't know. It's just so cool. There's like so much going on in the world. Well, and there's just different things like people growing different things, different animals that are being used for different regenerative practices, as well as feeding people, right? Like I just think, I just think agriculture is pretty freaking cool. So. Well, all right. Renee has a good question to round it all up. It's a harder one. So. Renee would like to know what advice do you have for women who feel dispensable on the farm? It's two parts. And she's wondering how you think they can find purpose and fulfillment. So it kind of ties into some of the other questions, but. Yeah. I just got off the, off the recording with Renee. So you'll hear from her next week. And so this was a question I asked her. (laughs) So she swapped it around and made me answer it. Right. Right. Good for you, Renee, getting in there quickly. I think that I'll speak to me specifically. Um, When I came on the farm, I had very similar to what you had said earlier, Annabelle, uh, a vision of what I thought I was supposed to be when I got here and what I thought that my roles and duties and responsibilities would have to look like. And I was going to look like Ma Angles and be prancing around with with dirt on my face and kids running everywhere and all of these things and having those expectations on yourself to do these things that didn't feel natural to you um, really weighs heavily on mental health and it specifically on mine. Uh, And knowing that, you know, the jobs that I was doing were not necessarily hard jobs. So running to get parts or cooking meals or doing all of these things, these are things that can, that can be hired out for, you know, anybody to do. Like you essentially feel like you're a replaceable hired hand at some points, specifically when you come to a farming operation and there's no clear understanding of what the next steps for you would be is the next step for you and your husband to buy the family farm or for you to inherit the family farm. And if that happens, does your name go on anything because you're not blood relatives of these people? And what if you got divorced? Then what would happen, right? Like there's all of these questions and they're so heavy and they weigh on you. And there's no doubt that that changes you. That makes you jaded. That makes you question everything, So I think in order for you to find your place and to find your value on the farm, it has to be for you. It can't be for anybody else. It can't be for any other reason, but to make you feel like you're connected to something. So for instance, for Renee, you'll hear from her next week, she found art and she paints the most beautiful oil paintings of her farm and the animals. And she does that with such love and respect for her family farm that she also didn't feel connected to, you know, and there are still days where I I don't feel connected here. And then there's days where I don't, I think if I ever, like, I, I can't go anywhere else because I don't want to go anywhere else. This is my home. This is where I live. This is the land that I love 
as much as my husband did, as much as his father did, as much as his mom and his grandparents, all of these things. Like we are here to make things better for whoever else comes after us. And once you find your place and you find something that has meaning to you, then I think it's really special. And I say meaning versus purpose. I actually had this conversation uh, earlier this week is, why do we have to find a purpose for everything? Like, why can't we just do something because we like doing it? It doesn't need to make you money. It doesn't need to cost you a ton of money. It doesn't need to have like a purpose for anything besides it brings you joy. So if that means, you know, buying some fun animals for your farm or taking an extra long walk with your morning cup of coffee or just sitting there and enjoying the scenery, like it doesn't have to do anything. It doesn't have to have a purpose. It can just be. So I don't know if that really answers the question. It's a hard one. Sorry, Renee, that I asked you such a hard question. Um, (laughs) But I'm going to flip it over to you, Annabelle. What do you think? You know, similar. I mean, I just think it takes time. And you've kind of, my dog is now losing his patience. Um, Sorry. But, you know, we, it's talking, you know, talking about purpose. And sometimes it's the little things that are the most helpful on a farm. And you just have to find your peace with that. And you know, fulfillment, just like you said, can mean so many things. It's funny because just earlier this week, I spend a lot of time just watching the cows and drinking coffee. And there's a spot where they come to water kind of near our house for the cows that are near us. I was smiling and my husband came up and he's like, I love how much you love these cows. And so the fulfillment is from loving, like you said, the land and whatever you know, product for me. And, but I don't think it has to be that way. Like, you know, I have friends that live on ranches and they don't love cows, but they love other parts of it. And so it's just, you know, like the painting thing, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, any, anything that you enjoy cooking or, you know, working on equipment or whatever it may be, yeah. you have to find it. And it takes time. I mean, it took me a really long time to find my place. It did not happen right away. No. And I think that's a point that I can never stress enough is that it takes time. And obviously like you go through ups and downs in any relationship and throw in a family farm on top of that. Like it just adds so many complex layers to things, but taking the time for yourself and taking your time to find your, your value and your purpose and, I have to say something that really made me think and was upsetting to me over this harvest was, um, you know, sharing that I've learned how to operate this equipment now and I can do these different things and like expanding my skill set. The number of messages that I got from women who, first of all, doubted themselves that they could do these things or saying I could never do that. Or having unsupportive partners in those growing things, like saying like my husband or my partner won't let me run this equipment and all of these things. It was really, it was sad to see because I know for me, I've definitely been there and I felt those things. And especially like I could never do that. Um, Knowing that 
I can do those things now. Like I want to shout it from the rooftop. Like, yes, you can do those things. If you want to do those things, if you don't want to do them, then don't feel the pressure to do it because you've seen other people do it. If you want to do it because you genuinely want to learn and help out in that capacity, great. I think you should at least try. But if you have an operation or a system or whatever of people who don't want you to do these things or don't think you can do those things or whatever it is, it's really discouraging. They want you to stay and do what it is that, you know, they need you to do because of whatever reason. Just know that you're not alone. Like there are people out there that also feel that struggle and feel that, you know, I have gone through seasons where I, before I had said I'd want to learn how to drive the combine and a response from my husband is like, well, I don't think you'd be reliable enough to come out here and do this every day. Like, that's crushing to hear. Like, what do you mean I'm not reliable? I show up every day. I do what you ask me to do, but it's, it takes time and it takes learning and it takes making mistakes. Um, I know that's something I'm guilty of, of saying no to things because I'm afraid I'll screw it up. Things are going to happen. I had a fire on my combine this year. Uh, It was of no fault of my own, but let me tell you, I felt real guilty when it happened. And again, there was nothing I could do about it and mistakes are going to be made and parts were got combine started running again, jumped back on the horse the next day. So, you know, it, unfortunately, like there's no clear answer for any of these, right? It's all lived experience from other people who have done it before me. And I've asked them, how did you get through it? And it just takes time and it takes patience, which is, you know, not the answer I want. Like I would like the clear directive answer this is how you get over these things. This is how you make things successful. There you go. But unfortunately, I haven't found that answer. So if you're listening to this and have that answer, you have the million dollar answer. Yeah, I. that's all good. I think it just time and bravery. Yeah, I think some bravery comes into it or being curious, right? And uh, that's good. Yeah, you have to go. You have to do all of these things before you can become confident in whatever it is you're doing. So just got to try first. Well, thank you for joining us for our annual interview. We'll be here again next year. We better be. I hope so. On wood. Well, good luck with all of your editing and marketing and production. And uh, can't wait to hear this when it comes out. I couldn't even, just for everybody listening, I couldn't even figure out how to get the video part of this interview to work. So yeah, the truth is I couldn't do a podcast. Yeah, it's true. You couldn't. Um, <laughs> yes, you could. You could figure it out. Oh. If I can figure it out, anybody can figure it out. Um, I will say we're doing this on video too. I want to start releasing potentially the videos on the YouTube because that's what the people are telling me as a podcaster. Now you have to have video. And I'm like, great. I got into podcasting, so I didn't have to go on video. So if you earn your guests, they got to get their, their I, hair and makeup on. And Did you not read the form saying like, just forewarning you, paint the barn? Because, uh, yeah. What's that? Do you really think I read the form? No, I don't. Long time now. Printed out the questions. No, for anybody listening who's ever thinking that they would like Annabelle Morgan to come on their show, 
please know that she makes the rules and uh my rules <laughs> well for joining us and we will be are you gonna we're gonna be together soon are you gonna bring your podcast stuff are we gonna i pod- can yeah I can, and uh, I'd love to chat with anybody that's coming to the conference in Montana. And uh, I have two microphones now, uh, so we don't have to share one. Can we interview the ghosts that live in the hotel where we're staying? Because that'll be very good. Halloween weekend. Okay. Yep, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, recording Uh, over. I'll stop it now. (laughs) Recording over. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast, a proud member of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. The Rural Woman Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a community. A huge thank you to the Rural Woman Podcast team, audio editor Max Hofer, and admin support from Kim & Co. Online. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Sarah Reedner from Happiness by the Acre and Carrie Munven from Laystone Farms. To learn how you can become a Patreon executive producer or other ways to financially support the show, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast to get the latest episodes directly on your playlist. And if you are loving the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that accepts ratings and reviews. You can connect with us on social media at The Rural Woman Podcast and with me at Wild Rose Farmer. One of the best ways you can support the show is by sharing it. Send this episode to a friend or share on your social media. Let's strengthen and amplify the voices of women in agriculture together. Until next time, my friend, keep sharing your story.